Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Live from the heart of Atlanta, Georgia and beyond, Hour One of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I am your lovable, huggable, mid-morning chat host, Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Man of a thousand voices, Tim Andrews. Lady of 184.7 characters, the always highly viscous co-host of this show, Autumn Fisher. The man behind the glass, George Clark. Once again today, the handsomest producer and all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, is out of the country. Still in Greece, right? He's in Greece with his fiance. Mm-hmm. I want to start today's show with a quote, a quote from Autumn Fisher. You know, the highly viscous co-host of this show? Yes. This is a hi. Uh, uh, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Here's the awesome. uh, quote. From uh, a text earlier this morning. A-A-A-A-G-G-G-H-H-H. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I end quote. Do you wow. want to know what that sounds like? Uh, what is that? I think it's like, ah! Yeah, it's your bird noise. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> it's not the way my mother used to laugh. Seems very close. My mother used to laugh like a uh, a witch. Cackling? I mean, she was. She. This was. I am not. People are going to hear this and they're going to think that I'm making this up. But this is. Go back to the mid '70s. Let's say something's on television. Dick Prime Cavett. time, n- 1974. Yeah, maybe it's Kojak. Dick Cavett. Maybe it's no, but this is a laugh. So maybe it is Dick Cavett. But let's say something like Liberace shows up. Yeah, and maybe he's wearing hot. Hi, pa- he's wearing hot pants or something, uh, and they're pink, and which is considered hilarious in 1974 <laughs> America. This is how my mother would laugh. She would go, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good woman. She was not a witch. Don't get me wrong. I mean, she had her time. She had her moments. But I would not refer to her as a witch. But she did often laugh like a witch. You know, why uh, isn't there an emoji for that? I just feel like why would you? It takes a long time to a a a a g g g g h h ha 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 ha. All right. Well, which do you want? Do you want people to speak in emojis? Or yeah, you, do you hate want that. People to use words. Well, it's kind of an emoji like thing, right? It's it's. I know that it's not really a word, is it? <laughs> is it ah! in the OED? Can you look that up in the Oxford English Dictionary? Ah! That... <laughs> is that actually? But a then, word? how do you write that? How do you convey that? Uh, what I'm saying is, in that case, you might as well use an emoji because it's really. How's it spelled again? Uh, that would be A A A A. Give or take a few A's. G G G G. H H H. And then uh, the next word is ha 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 ha. 
No spaces. I, you know what? Because I don't write LOL. I refuse. Okay. All right. But see, my point is, I think that that is not really like using the, the English language. So you might as well at that point. I know that I'm... I'm not completely anti emoji. No, because I actually I I I I like the emojis because sometimes I don't know how to respond to people on text. And sometimes I just want to be able to say, "Okay, I saw it, duly noted." Hmm. And so I'll just give the thumbs up. I'm a big one for thumbs up. I'm a big one for uh smiley face. And uh and sometimes, as I've said before, like Tim Andrews will put an adorable picture of his uh, one-year-old out there, <laughs> and I'll Thumbs think, up. in reality, cool. my response is heart, heart. But I think it's creepy for uh, a dude to go heart, heart over some other guy's kid. So Make I'll, it a different I'll, color. I'll give it the thumbs oh, up. Yeah. You can use a purple heart or a yellow heart or a green heart. Mm-hmm. That's less creepy, one. or a white one. Is a green heart less creepy? I think anything that's not. Yeah, that's I didn't know there red. were different well, you colors. Know those flat, like rose colors mean things, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's just the yeah, language ro- I don't speak. Like red red roses are love. Yeah. Uh, purple roses mean you're hungry and you should maybe want to eat together. Green oh, roses. Oh, I had no idea. I had uh, your uh, money. You want money? You don't feel well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're making these things up. <laughs> well, I, I do know that the, the colors do mean something, but I don't remember outside of red. <laughs> What they mean? <laughs> is it like one of those things, like cruising in the park? Is it like uh, the bandana yeah, the, thing? The scarf, yeah, the scarf language. Yeah, or so yeah, yeah, the scarf. <laughs> so I, I want. Hey, listen. Now we've 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 established that there are things I'm willing to do in the park, but you know, look at look at the scarves. There are things yeah. I'm willing to do and things that I'm not willing to do. I have likes and dislikes. Don't treat me. As you, if I'm just some piece of meat out there. I'm still, a human being. Thank you, you very much. You used to go to Piedmont Park with the threat of gun violence over your shoulder at every waking moment? Yeah. Is that what's going on? Yes. Well, listen, it means we're going to have a good weekend because that music Midtown is gone now. Sweet. I was going to cruise down there for that. But. I told you yesterday, you know, sometimes I think people don't realize what they have in me. Almost a political <laughs> Nostradamus. Yes. Just able to cut right to the quick. That story started yesterday. The first reporting was kind of like, well, we don't know. <laughs> Live Nation says that they couldn't accommodate something and blah, blah, blah. And I told you immediately, when I first heard the story, didn't read anything about it, hadn't uh, heard a report about it, that this had to do with politics. And it certainly does. This is a, so if you don't know, Music Midtown was... Canceled because somebody who has the constitutional right now in Georgia to carry guns on public property sued to make sure, or something like that, and said he was going to sue, to make sure that he could bring his gun to Piedmont Park during Music Midtown. And so now it's like, well, we just can't do business in the state of Georgia. So what's really going on, you know, doesn't matter where you stand politically, I'm just objectively going to tell you, What's going on here? Um, the the Democrats have a chance to turn the state of Georgia blue, and that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Uh, you've got uh, Raphael Warnock is uh, up against uh, Herschel Walker. Herschel's not looking like the greatest candidate. That may turn around. Right now, he's not looking like the greatest candidate. Raphael Warnock has pretty much almost 100% of Democrats like Warnock, but only 70% of Republicans like Walker. And you've got Stacey Abrams within, you know, five points or so of Brian Kemp. I mean, if they can, if they can get Democrat governor, two Democrat senators, that's a big. That's a. What you need to understand is that's a big deal 
this is about power and you will be able to understand what's going on if you just go ahead and understand it as such. And don't buy the idea that that makes you cynical. The politicians are cynical. You're just a realist when you see what's going on. So when you look at the prize that's there, and when you see that there are Republicans who are already showing that they're willing to split the ticket, they're willing to maybe vote for Kemp and Warnock, right? So now you see a breach there. So what's going to happen from now into November is nationally there's going to be a lot of these stories like the MLB uh, last year taking the all-star game out of Georgia because of the voting law. Now with the gun thing, because independents are breaking toward Warnock over Walker. So you're going to try to push that even further. If we can peel, if we've got Republicans who are splitting their vote now between Kemp and Warnock, and we have independents that are going more toward Warnock, then now, between now and November, just trust me, your political Nostradamus, there's going to be an awful lot of stories that are based on, well, what kind of future of Georgia do you want to be a part of? Do you want to be? So there's going to be a lot of, I would imagine, celebrities will start coming out and saying that somebody's going to say we're not going to film our show here because of the gun law and things like that. And the whole deal, to, just to understand it, whether it works or it doesn't work, is there is there's light of day here. There's some daylight through the cracks for Republicans right now because right now Walker is not a very good candidate. So let's try to get as, peel off as many independents, maybe a few uh, middle-of-the-road Republicans based on, look, Hollywood, the whole country thinks Georgia's backward. How are you going to vote? So that's, it doesn't matter to me how you see it, how you fall, how you're going to vote, which side you're going to take. I'm just letting you know that we're going to get an awful lot of this between now and November. Because if they can turn this state blue for the next four years or so, that is a big deal. And when powerful people see more power on the table... Then, so immediately, you know, Rolling Stone had a write-up about this. Billboard had a write-up about this. The national media is always on board to paint Georgia as going backward. Everybody in Georgia is racist. Georgia typically, you know, a racist with an AK-47, you know. And go for those people in the middle and say, well, what kind of, how, how do you want your state to be perceived? Now, I'm not asking to, I'm not saying you should agree with me. I'm just telling you. That is the game that the cynical politicians on the left and the right are playing. And if you want to understand what's going on, well, all you have to do is, as always, say who gains and who loses power if this or that happens. Seriously entertaining. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Weekdays, 9 to noon. On 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. A-A-A, G-G-G, H-H-H, ha-ha, ha-ha, said the great Autumn Fisher on text. Can't find a definition of it, so you just have to assume it means. So if there isn't an actual definition of the word that you've spelled out, I think the rule that we can uh, put into place here is, at that point, just use an emoji. Mm Mm-hmm. Find an emoji. I continue to express hey, myself through text excuse, in the way that I express myself. Excuse me. Hey, find an emoji. It sounds like a real, like a diss. Hey, you know, find an emoji. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. You can't control her language. She's a woman in 2022. I can, I can certainly make fun of it. I may not be able to control it. 
in that a way of controlling her? Well, shaming her into not using me, it. Hey, what, what is, excuse me. I'm speaking for you. I'm hey, trying to we're help. Speaking, yeah, he's right. speaking for you, and I'm speaking against you. We don't need you. Hey, but, hey, you know what I have to say to you? A A A G G G. I know exactly what you mean. H H H. Yep. Ha ha. Ha ha. This was all because Tim Andrews found two words in the middle of somebody speaking about something. Found these two words together. And the A-A-A-G-G-G-H-H-H part, I think, was Autumn saying, hey, come on, don't don't play those two words together. I don't even know if you can. I mean, the Federal Communications Commission and whatnot. But if we thought of these two words together just mean that Autumn is a control freak, say. Exactly. Then the FCC is okay with it. If we said that these two words together uh, said something about... Uh, what Autumn likes to do on her off time. Proclivities. I think that the FCC would be against these two words playing together. Well, and that's why we're not talking about that. We're not referring to that. We're well, talking well, about being neat and tidy. You were very, you are, you are fastidious. And these were the yes. two, these were the two words. Anal Autumn. <laughs> well, she is very, <laughs> listen, man, you ever been to her place? I mean, she oh, yeah. vacuums after she vacuums. I mean, I lived with her. The place was clean all the time. Who's the FCC commissioner? Your honor, she vacuums after she vacuums. When I came home, there were never tissues all over the floor or the coffee never. table. Hey, listen, what are you? Whose side are you on, pal? Because it sounds autumn. like you're being set. Who? Thank you. Anal autumn. She is you fastidious. Yes. What am I going to tell my children? Well, perhaps you can explain to them what that means. She's fastidious. Look up fastidious, because maybe I'm using that improperly. Well, okay. What a strange word, fastidious. <laughs> Were they out of words? I don't know. Maybe they're breaking for lunch. Fastidious. Let's go get a drink. Very attentive to and concerned about accuracy and detail. Very concerned about matters of cleanliness. Anal Autumn. That <laughs> describes her right there. The cleanest lady I've ever seen. I mean, except for my wife. Very yeah. clean. Is your wife fastidious? No, no, not at all. She's not. What are you? Are you asking uh, whether my wife is uh, anal? How dare you? I mean, I know we've known each other for a long time, but you know what? I think you're taking liberties, pal. <laughs> now, Autumn, on the other hand, is in fact fastidious. And that is why it's okay to refer to Autumn as... Anal Autumn. I know some listeners, when I play that... I had my kid in the car. Here's a response from one of our listeners. A-A-A-G-G-G-H-H-H, ha-ha-ha-ha. So I guess... We all know what that means. Well, of course we all know what that means. Tell everybody what that means. It means, oh my God! That's funny. And you heard it straight from the horse's mouth. Anal Autumn. All right. Now we can't call the show that, can we? Uh, we can we can do whatever we want. All right. I mean, the question but no, is, no, make the A, the second A, make it the at symbol. Oh, yeah. and that makes it okay. Well, that's how you get around the algorithms of mm. banning things. Algorithm. I hate that. <laughs> that's word. how you. That's how you trick Al. Go my whole life without hearing that damn word. No algorithm. I hear it eight hundred times a day. Well, it's part of your life now. That's algorithm. why. His you first know, name's Al. His middle name's Go. His last name's Rhythm. It's part the, of being part of progress, you know. I'm, I'm sure in the year 1900, you never heard people talking about people walking on the moon. No. All right. So now yeah, we do talk about that. Yeah. How about that? Uh, what, what are you? Some sort of, you want to go back to- uh, I'm a Luddite. You, is that what you're saying? Yeah. You want to wear wooden in my shoes? Day, nobody said a connection. <laughs> 
Nobody said interweb. It's one of those modern overused words. Like You're an overused word. Schadenfreude a couple of years ago was overused. And what is Schadenfreude, man? That's when you take uh, pleasure in someone else's suffering. Well, that's something you uh, you probably understand. Do I look German? That's what that's for. It looks no, to me you like you, it, I know that you are one of those people you would love. It could be 10 years. It could be 15 years yeah, after you coming. perceived yourself dissed. I was slighted in 1982 <laughs> and that some, guy went yeah, to jail. Yeah, Or you know, it could be even less than that. At some point, you kind of just go for anything after a few years. Like, hey, 30 years. 30 years later, hey, he got an earache. You know, <laughs> right. He had it coming. I heard he tripped on the sidewalk. He yeah. had it. I got this schadenfreude. <laughs> Why do certain words from other countries end up in our language, but 99.9% of their words don't? Well, because there's not really a direct translation for schadenfreude. Well, if the word people would have sat down for one afternoon, I'm sure they could have thought of one. Well, you should get on that council. I'm going to get on the word, the word council. council. Yeah. And the next one I'm going to add, A-A-A-G-G-G-H-H. Thank you so much. <laughs> and it's Dedicate gonna, it to me. And the definition will say, often followed up with, ha, 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 ha. How is it pronounced? Autumn? Ah! Like that. Okay. See, that, I don't want to go too far. And, you know, I think Wes Moss is coming in. Jared Yamamoto told me that Wes Moss is up at 930. But a lot of times Wes Moss... Hey, I'm I'm in Michigan and he gets busy and he wouldn't have Jared to let know. So I think Wes Moss is coming up next and there'll be very little uh, time that we can uh, talk about emojis and such. Fastidiousness. If Wes Moss comes in, I would consider him to perhaps be fastidious. If he doesn't come in, He's dead to me. How things change. We confirmed that uh, by drone we killed the leader of Al-Qaeda a couple days ago. And it barely makes the news. It's like not a huge thing, it doesn't seem like. But he was the, when I heard the name Zawahiri, I'm like, is that that guy who that, had that funny bump on his forehead? He's the one that I always remember that was next to... Uh, Bin Laden in the videos. With the glasses, right? Yeah, and he had the bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a doctor of some kind. He couldn't get that doctor bump of terror. <laughs> doctor of terror. Yeah, you'd think he was a doctor. He could have known somebody was some. But, uh, and, and he was caught because, so there's a couple questions here that I find interesting. Well, you know, good riddance, but uh, he, w- he, was in, he was in Afghanistan and he was with his family and he would walk out onto his balcony every day, I guess, and that's how we knew we had him, and which goes to a couple of things. One is, is the Taliban working with us under behind the scenes? Did they turn him in? That's a good question there because, you know, he was there. We got in there. We did it with a drone, but that's a good question to find out if the Taliban was, because they're getting money from us still, Taliban. So I'd be interested to know if, uh, if anything like that was going on, if they're, if they're trying to help in that case, not because they like us, but because they want the money. Yeah. Um, to keep on going. But also, more than that, it just goes to show, you cannot, like right after 9-11, I'm sure that he was deep inside of a cave and never came out. But years, I mean, it's been like 11 years since we got Bin Laden, right? Years and years and years go by. Sooner or later, you've got to get sloppy and decide, oh, it's time for me to go out on the balcony <laughs> and, t- and take in the scenery. It's just very difficult to keep that high level of, oh, the whole world's trying to kill me, what you need. I'm looking at Wes Moss, and he's like, what did I come here to listen to you talk about other things? I'm here to talk about Wes Moss stuff. 
What's the market doing with Money Matters, Wes Moss? Good morning. You know what I'm saying? So how long has it been? What's it been, 21 years since 9-11? 9-11, and then then several years after that, Bin Laden, and now this guy guy goes goes out on the balcony. Who goes out on their balcony? Oh, this is my evening. At the same time, every night. Well, 5 o'clock, time for me to stroll out on the balcony. Everybody gets sloppy. Sooner or later, everybody gets sloppy. Wes Moss, how are you? Good. Good morning. Good to be here. I know. I'm, I'm, thank goodness I was here. Yeah. My good. The 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 rhetoric from emojis to if Wes Moss doesn't come in, mm. then you know. were going to be dead, dead to me. To you. Wow. I was thinking. I was sitting in the parking lot listening, saying, "I better get my butt better, in there. Better hustle up. <laughs> Your fastidious butt." I don't like to get in too early, though. I have a respect for the studio. Yes. I don't like to linger early or linger late because you guys are doing a job. And I don't want to mess and that I up. And I appreciate that, sir. I appreciate that. Hey, I don't know if I, if you saw this or not, but explain this to me, because you're here to talk about the economy and where it is. Plenty to talk going, about. What we got going on. Plenty of fear to talk about. Can I ask you something? This guy, Paul Krugman, he's always like Nobel Prize winning economist, always. Paul Krugman. He's from the New York Times. Does he ever get anything right? He looks miserable. I mean, the dude just looks miserable at all times. Does he, What did he get a Nobel Prize for? I have no idea. Always wrong. So he's on TV claiming the economy is experiencing a Biden boom. (laughs) So Wes Moss, I know you're no Paul Krugman. There's no Nobels in that uh, bag you brought in with you. But would you agree or disagree with the esteemed Paul Krugman when he says we are experiencing in our economy right now a Biden boom? Yeah, I mean, it just it just goes to show how political now even economics has become. And listen, everything's political and you get rhetoric around the the word and the semantics around inflation. Really, for the first time since 1947, we haven't had a period of time where we're arguing over recession. But it makes sense because if you're on the line, if you're treading on the line of recession and you're the administration, it's better for them for it not to be a recession, right? For the other side to point to. And then you have... Uh, you have economists who are clearly political, and Krugman's always been far, to the, far, far, far to the left. Well, he was the one that I remember when Trump was elected. Uh, I believe that uh, the next day didn't didn't the Dow drop like five hundred points or something? And Krugman was on, and somebody asked him, "When do you think that it will recover?" And he said, "Never, right until in like the next four years." And you can say what you want about Trump. There's plenty of good reasons to not vote for Trump, I suppose. But you can't say that the economy never recovered from <laughs> election night. That's that's not. But this guy's got a Nobel Prize. Nobody cares about the. I got to get into this thing about predictions because if you get them right, you're a hero, and if you get them wrong, nobody cares. Correct. You just show up the next week and say something else. You know, I've done whole shows around where I've taken headlines from big time names, Nobel Prize, star fund manager, uh, mutual fund, you know, outperformer, and they'll you can compile a list of their predictions all within a very short period of time. You can pick a market bottom. Actually, you can go to let's say August of. Uh, a given year when you know the market turn and you can just look up market predictions for that month and you'll see all these predictions that were going 20% lower when in reality we went 20, 30, 50% higher, but nobody ever brings that up. So it's, well, it's just, it's a doomsday bear crew that gets headlines. We know financial media is there for advertising, not for education. And the financial media is much like the sports media. Same thing happens on sports uh, shows. Yeah, people are predicting who's going to win, who's going to lose. Nobody cares. I I would love, to me, if you're going to make a prediction on Sunday as to who's going to win this game and who's going to lose this game, I say if you're wrong, you're fired. 
<laughs> now that would really put him on that the spot. Stops the predictions, but it never. It's it, there's there's no. It's it's a it's a never ending thing. As soon as it's over, nobody cares that you've been wrong. Not you, but somebody's making a prediction is wrong. The seven the last seven times they'll just go. Why do they love this guy Krugman so much? He's just because he. I, what is it about? He's just grumpy. He's, he's always he's always grumpy. grumpy. Gus. And. In 2000, I'm sorry, 1998, this is a quote by Paul Krugman. By 2005 or so, it'll become clear that the Internet's impact on the economy has been no greater than the fax machines. <laughs> That's 1998. But he won a Nobel Prize. Right on yes. the money. The, to say that if, if an economist is looking at this scenario and they're being objective then you would never say that this is a boom and you would never say this is a bust, but there's no way to get a headline out of that because we know that there are a lot of things in this economy that are pretty rough. The inflation is awful and it impacts everyone. And the further you're down on the economic scale, income wise, the harder it hits. Yep. Right. So, and there's, there is a reason the consumer sentiment, there's a couple of measures, university of Michigan consumer sentiment index, Bloomberg comfort index, there's multiple sentiment indices and they track how we're feeling. And University of Michigan Consumer, Consumer Sentiment Index is at one of the lowest levels we've seen in 30, 40 years. Period. Yeah. End of story. That is a fact. That's an economic data point. So you're saying is people believe that the outlook is gloomy. Right. Or they don't feel good about the right, economy. Right. 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 There's something called the misery index where you take the where you take the interest rate or prevailing rates plus inflation, put them together. Yeah. And the higher that is, the more, quote, miserable Americans are. And it's they're both, one's very high and one's going higher. On the other side of the equation, what Krugman's pointing to is that we have a, a very healthy job economy. You got still have two jobs for openings for every one person looking. You got you have wage inflation. Now, wages aren't going up as much as the overall inflation is. So people are still net negative for the most part. But there is a bright spot when it comes to the job, the job market, which is one of the few bright spots, but it's a big one. So the reality, and just trying to be an objective person looking at the economy and investing, there are some really rough data points around this economy. There's some really, there's a couple really strong things still that are lingering, but it's not a boom yeah. and it's not a bust. And that's just Krugman getting a headline. Well, we it goes, it goes to what we were saying and the way that I've been covering this is I think people need to understand that the variables that went into the situation, the economic situation, the lockdown, we've never done something like that before. For a, for a while, it was against the law to go to work for a lot of people. We've never done that before. And the honest response from all economists and anybody watching the market should be, this is going to be interesting because we're all going to learn something because we don't have a previous recession like this that was caused in this way. Or even if you don't want to call it a recession, we have never locked the country down and then opened up after that before. So an economist should always say, We've never seen this before. Given everything I've seen, I believe that it's probably going to go this way, but i got to be honest with you, we've never seen this before, so I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen next because we created this recession ourselves because we decided that we had to shut the country down. So you do that on a dime, and then you open it back up, and then it's then you contract it again a little bit, then you open it up bigger. We just don't have any idea. And I don't have an economic degree, but I know for a fact that Paul Krugman doesn't know any more than I do as to what this is going to look like 12 months from now, because we we have no precedent. Well, he nailed it on the internet, right? He, said uh, he certainly <laughs> did. Now, he has a good record. In 1998, he said the, the internet would have no impact 
Beyond the fax machine, I, I on think, the economy. I think we can by see 05. that. Yes. Really nailed that. I, I can see that. I can see that the man does know. He's good at his prognostications. But isn't that something? I'm, and I say that just even for people. On one hand, the misery index is high. On the other hand, people are still spending money on things like vacations and stuff because they're pent up. Right. And there's still some cushion. We still have cushion from all the stimulus spending. Yeah. Right. So there's a new bill, the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh. <laughs> which is build back smaller is really what it is. But we just had a bill, what, a, a year and a half ago that increased spending by $1.7 trillion. So is that the Inflation Acceleration Act? And well, now they have a, a mini step back act? I mean, come on. I was driving home yesterday. I heard the news and I heard Manchin refer to it as uh, the Inflation what? Reduction. Reduction Act. Right. And I'm just thinking to myself, you don't need legislation to get rid of inflation. Usually inflation is because you're doing certain things, right? And then you have to stop doing those things that are causing inflation. Inflation, I don't... Is it going to respond to particular legislation? Do you need to spend more money to get rid of inflation? This well, makes it's supposed no to be, sense. It, oh, that is such baloney. It's supposed to be de- uh, reducing the deficit, but if you read into it and actually look what the... Inflation Reduction Act is supposed really will do on a timeline basis is that it doesn't plan to reduce the deficit for the first five years anyway. Yeah, and we just had a bill that added a trillion seven to spending, which is very inflationary. This is why I don't vote anymore, West Moss. Everybody's lying all the time. <laughs> it is, and and you know what? People can come after me and say, "Oh, well, you no, 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 no." It's them. It's the political class. They did this. They're the ones who have made it obvious that they don't give a damn about any of us, and all they want is what they'll say, whatever they need to say to try to get more power. And there's no check on it anymore because we've run out all the smart people. Only dumb people with huge egos want to be politicians at this point. Who would allow themselves to be dragged through the glass? Who's perfect? Who doesn't have a scandal somewhere in their lives, right? We've reduced it down to the morons of the only people who are stupid enough to run for office. Now, not as a prediction, because I don't want to put you on the spot that way, but right now, on the 2nd of August, the year 2022... In your gut, did I get it right? Mm-hmm. Is it the 2nd of August? Don't be wrong about yes. that. It is, even though Jared had it wrong on the sheet yesterday. It's correct today. Well, he, he's not even here. He's not even in this country. Uh-huh. He's still messing up. That's right. Uh, Wes Moss, your gut feeling right now, a year from now, will we, will we be looking at going, oh, we had it lucky a year ago. Things are really bad. Or do you think we're going to hit some kind of softish kind of a landing in this recession? Like, for instance, do you think we'll... Just spiral and spiral and spiral, or do you think we're gonna we're getting close to what's that word Disat- disattenuation? Is that a word? My thought here is look that it up on them. This is tracking a lot like the early 1980s when we we touched recession and then we when MTV dealt, came into my life and MTV was here, made a big debut, yes. and then about a year later we dipped again and we had a two mm-hmm. really we had again. two soft, if you will, recessions. And that broke the back of inflation finally. It, it wasn't the first one with a little bit, just just slightly negative, similar to where we are today. And then we rallied for a couple quarters and then we fell back to two negative quarters and then inflation really broke. Where do you think... I, so I, that's, that's a way of saying, if you look back with the corollary of history, you probably have a grind stuck in the mud year or so. I don't think it gets terrible. Mm-hmm. 
because there's plenty of good things happening. But can you get escape velocity and have an, an amazing economy right now with where inflation is? Not, not, not so either. Where, not a prediction, but just your gut feeling right now. Where do you think the rates will be? When we get inflation under control, like four, four point two, someone in there. Yes, I think the three yeah. and a half to four and a half range is where it's been historically, and I think we get back there. All right, tell other, tell people how they can hear your great radio show. So, or podcast Sunday mornings nine to eleven, and of course the Retire Sooner podcast uh, with me, which I yeah. release a couple episodes a week, one or two a week, and you can find that at Wes Moss, W E S M O S S, and our whole team. dot com. All right. Uh, I'm going to download everything you've ever recorded. And <laughs> I believe There's a every, couple good ones. There's everyone, a few good ones. Everyone else should as well. Thanks, Wes. Thanks. Hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, in your own personal life, in the news. I mean, the current events. Am I right? Oh, tell me about it. You may have missed something very, very, very significant that happened. It was the 29th. Was that Friday? Yeah, someday last night. Yeah, it was Friday. Friday. Yeah, it was. Yeah, You may not have realized that that was the uh, shortest day ever. Now, the word ever here. Headlines should not be completely believed. This is why you have to actually... Read the article from the U.S. Sun. Earth records shortest day ever, the word ever, all in caps, after scientists reveal planet spinning faster. (gasps) I felt that. I thought I felt that. Friday was a minute and 59, no, not a minute, 1.59 milliseconds shorter than any other day. The word ever, the reason it's in quotes is because, well, we just... We just started doing measurements in the 1960s. Let's do this. Tech Tuesday with Greg Rudd. See, there in the reality is that that four and a half billion years ever we started measuring in like 64 or something. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Greg? Did you did you notice that uh, Friday was the shortest day, well, in your lifetime and in my lifetime? I did not. I did not take note of this. That's because you got to stop and smell the roses. Am I right? We get so caught up. You got to stop and feel the earth spinning. That's right. The spin. And it's it's a little bit, you know, it's uh, scientists are a little bit uh, befuddled by this. And that is because for the most part, usually they have to slow things down or they have to speed things up. I think they've added, or I'm confusing myself as I'm talking mm-hmm. about this because I'm not a scientist. So it's, sp- it's sped up, spinning faster. And usually we have to add nanoseconds or milliseconds, leap seconds, they're called, in order to slow things down, I believe, or speed things up. I'm confused. Are you following me, Greg? I'm confusing myself. If we're spinning faster, then the day is going more quickly. Yes, then usually the problem is the other way. Right. That it's uh, it's too slow. But now it's speeding up. Nobody understands. But then again, we've only been measuring since 1960s or something. Yes? What Autumn said is a little backwards, according to... What is it? Relativity. Really? The faster we're spinning, the slower time should go, and the slower we're spinning, the faster. It no, should go. we're not talking about space time. We're what? talking about how fast a day is. Yeah, around okay. the so sun. So it's it's spinning. It, it, the day ended on Friday one point five nine milliseconds quicker than any other day on record. 
Anyway, right. just, somebody should, just didn't. Just somebody just didn't press the stopwatch in time. The millisecond. It could be it's, they had a sneeze and it, then. It yeah. could be they accidentally sneezed and pressed the button like, oh, and they pressed it back again. Even though I've gotten so abstract that I've uh, confused myself, uh, the point is scientists don't really understand why it's going on. It's it's doing something different than we're used to. I, I feel like. That sums up scientists these days. They don't really know what's going on. <laughs> Usually when they do know, they're afraid to say because they might get canceled. What yeah, is everybody what else is. saying? All right, let's go with that. Also, here's another one for you. Greg, I know it's Tech Tuesday, but this headline reads like something from the 1930s. Solar storm forecast to hit Earth on Wednesday. <gasps> huh? Those are real things, though. Hole in the sun is enhancing solar winds that could weaken power grids and bring stunning auroras to northern regions. Okay, hole in the sun. Hole in the sun. <laughs> it turns out it's about the lowest grade flare that, we're, that we could get. but yeah. It's not that mega flare that we've been expecting? No. Wipe us out. It's a minor flare, okay. I believe. I'm doing your job for you. This is a tech story. I don't know why you didn't bring it to the table. Well, you brought it up. Do I have to do everybody's job around here? You I would should. Love, I would, yeah. Is it where you all travel? To, it's all travel to see the aurora. I saw it once from a plane, and really was very moving. It was probably the most spiritual moment of my life. What we makes flying. it spiritual? It's I just saw an electrical. It's storm. beautiful. It was no, nice. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. It puts you. It puts Amazing. things in perspective for me. How? How does uh, it put things in perspective? It's one of those things. You know, where you go, I cried. You I looked, cried when oh, I saw it. Oh, for heaven's sake. You look up every day. You see the sun. You I see the high, moon. Why, you haven't seen it. How can you even speak to it? It's why like Mueller who doesn't dancing. leave the basement. Why don't you go watch I it? I have and seen you would, it. You would, where? No, where? I have where? seen it. Roger. Well, I saw it once. Travel to Scandinavia. Yeah, I saw it. I saw the Northern Lights once. Over Lake Ontario. How about that? You know what? I'm not a baby. I didn't cry. And what'd you do? You folded your arms like, meh. Stupid. I can see this on TV. I, and I also yeah. saw it in a movie called Local Hero. Huh? Idiot <laughs> feeling. In 1989, there was a solar fair, flare so big solar fair. that you could see it all the way to, into Georgia. But I was in Pennsylvania, and I went out at 1 in the morning. It was about 10 degrees out, and you just saw these colors just shooting over the sky. Did you Red, start crying blue, like green. Blubber Boy over here? I told you. I was high, and I was the one that was crying. Oh, you were the one that was crying. Because I, I did that back then when I was 19. Did you have a uh, spiritual moment like uh, Blubber Boy over yeah. here? Yeah. No, it was you're... amazing. All right. Well, I'm just saying. I the don't world... care. The Earth isn't interesting. No, it is interesting. That's my point. Every day you look up at the sun. That should I be can enough look at to a book make you and go... look at the aurora. You guys are not getting it. I'm ahead of you. I'm more enlightened. Well, than you, you are. see the sun I every recognize... day. You're used to it. That's right. What's well, I'm saying? If the moon exploded, it's a miracle. You'd be like, wow, you'd cry. Big the, deal, the moon exploded. If the moon exploded. I've shut my emotions down more than all of you. I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if, if the moon exploded, I would go surfing. Because wouldn't it be like wild waves, like Big Wednesday? That'd be the oh. end of it. They should go watch Moonfall. Yeah. What a film. <laughs> oh, yeah, run from the gravity. Which one was Moonfall? 100, what, he, that was a low rate. He hated it. 173 stars out of 13,336. Moonfall? Moonfall is about the moon is is getting closer and closer to Earth. So as it gets closer, it changes like the gravity on Earth. What, and then the, also like pieces of it are flying. Is it an American movie? Is it a... Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Spoiler alert. Uh-oh. What and happens? haven't seen Moonfall, turn off your radios now for just five seconds. Come back, please. It turns out the moon's an alien base, a giant alien base, and mm -hmm. you know their orbit anyway. got thrown off, and it's Everybody crashing. Everybody knew that. The, the dark side. Of well, it. there's a movie I don't, I don't need know. to watch now. I guess. <laughs> Thanks for ruining it, Greg. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But you say it was I, this terrible I movie. Said, also, spoiler alert. A lot of the movie was funded by China, and so one of the stars in the movie is this well-known singer from China. Mm -hmm. 
and isn't like an actress or isn't very good. And she's it's weird. I can't tell. It. I got to tell you if I, if it's well, oh, because she's speaking English though, she must right? Be she's girl. Yeah. So maybe it's maybe it's because English is her second language. Maybe she's a better actress in her true native Absolutely. English. Because yeah. when you said that, I was thinking I can never in a foreign film. I don't think I can spot bad acting because I'm not. I'm reading the subtitles. So if you don't really know the 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 actual language, can you spot bad acting? Yeah, I don't know. Good question. It's a good question. It's on the plate. Answer it, Greg Russ. That's what you're here cry. for. No, I'd say no. Experience. No, I'd say you can't. You can't pick up on it. Yeah, it's I, it's like when people say in a different language, that's a terrible accent. It's like I wouldn't know that was a terrible accent because I don't know the language and I don't know the accents of the language. So how how this could you know if it was bad about, acting? Um, I don't. You know, when we learn our alphabet. What is it? Twenty six letters, twenty seven letters. Twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty six letters. I always forget too. I want to say yeah. twenty five. I get them confused with the number of teeth in your mouth. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, the, and the number of states. <laughs> yes, exactly. 15. So, uh, yeah, it's twenty six. We ha- all we have to learn is twenty six characters, right? But when I watch a Chinese film or something, and then the closing credits come up. It must be something. Like, I have really bad handwriting. Greg, Russ, and I, we have almost exactly the same <laughs> chicken scratch. I can't even read my own handwriting. I can't. <laughs> Quite often, I cannot read my own handwriting. But the language and writing in China is, it, it all looks like art. Like, everything is house, uh, you know, roof over wheat over... Pictograms. Right. But, I mean... How many, what do they have, like 500 characters you have to learn? And if somebody Way has... that, it's... That's crazy. What it, what, it, what is it? It's it's like fifty thousand characters. But they can't know them all. There must be a no. Short, they don't. There's all, there's, there's like a there's, there's scholars that study it, and even mm. they don't know all of them. But they use they use like a tiny percentage, like four. So here's my question. Every day. Not only do I have chicken scratch, but I can't draw a straight line. So what does it look like if you have really bad handwriting in Chinese? <laughs> like because you're, you're you're painting an actual picture. If you have well, bad have- handwriting. Yeah, they have um, like a fast way, like almost like a shorthand to write things quickly. And that's sort of like a cursive. And then they oh. have the other type where it's like a printed where you see it very. And that's the way that's what you see when it's like typed well, out you, in a screen. Well, yeah, when you watch the closing credits, it's like you would. It's everybody just an amazing artist. Anybody who's yeah. literate in China is some sort of amazing artist. They're all just brilliant, and the show is, too. The Von Hessler Doctrine, sponsored by Reliable Heating and Air on 95.5 WSB. All right, Greg Russ, time to sing for your supper. It's Tech Tuesday. Give me a story. Crypto firms are making thieving hackers an offer. Keep a thieving, little. Thieving what? Thieving what? Th- thieving, thieving hackers. Thieving th- hackers <laughs> who steal crypto? Yes, hackers yeah. who steal crypto. We're making the distinction because there are hacker, hackers who work with companies they go in they find the the weak spots they tell them about the weak spots for a fee but there are other hackers who go in with nefarious motives yes. so there's the they white hat steal. the white hat hackers are the good guys and uh and the then, thieving hackers yes. are the bad guys they're the bad guys <laughs> and so, so I'm confused. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, you got white hat hackers. They go in okay. and they'll go into your thing, but, but what they're doing is. They put is, things in their hat when they steal them. No, no, no. The, the white hat just means they're good guys. And they go in and they get into your system, but then they immediately notify you that they've found that your system is, is uh, vulnerable in these ways and you want Instead to. Instead of exploiting that. it. Yes. What about the gray hat ones? They're the ones that like take a little bit off the top, but they, also tell oh, 
They, they steal a loaf of bread to save the dying child. It's, uh, yeah, what about them? What category? Yeah. Do I, are those like the shadow people that I hear about with George Nori? <laughs> the shadow people. <laughs> <laughs> May as well so, be. Yeah, so what is the story here? That there are white so, hack, uh, hackers and, and there are bad hackers? Uh, so the thieving hackers, yes. the bad hackers, the crypto firms have made them an offer. Keep a little, give back to the rest. And when they get in, they hack, they steal all the money. You know, sometimes people have their crypto wallets. And the, the company that they're, they've got the wallet with gets hacked. They lose all of that, and then yeah, they can't right. get it back. So they're saying, hey, if you do this, just keep a little and give the rest back. Does and that work? Is, well, I don't, I don't think it would work. Possibly it could work. But then the white hat hackers are getting angry because they say, hey, this is blurring the lines. Yeah. I do this with a good motive and intent. And these people come in with bad. And in the end, we're both... In essence, getting the same Strangely, thing. Strangely, as Tim put it there, they are creating the gray hat. Mm-hmm. It's becoming a gray zone. You might be able to take it a little bit off the top as long as you're doing a good job. Nobody it knows. Seems, this yeah, it seems but, like a dangerous precedent to set. Yeah, because base and also, and this is something maybe they weren't thinking about. Okay, let's, let's say there's $100 million gets taken out of this crypto firms thing, and they make a deal. Let's say somebody goes for it. So you give, a, you give us $90 million back, and you can keep 10 right? But here's the problem. Quite often, that would mean that you're giving money to a country like North Korea, right? Mm-hmm. Aren't there a lot of a lot of these hacks come out of countries that we don't consider friendly? So, but you if they be, already have the money, if they have the ninety million already, but you're giving them more incentive. You're giving them so more incentive. Motivation. Yeah, I think you're giving them more incentive. Although, if you if you're working for North Korea, I guess you would just keep the full hundred million because you got your country behind you. You don't have to worry about it. So. <laughs> I mean, you could end up paying money to very, very, very bad people. What would you do with that kind of money in North Korea? There's nothing to buy. Uh, well, um, <laughs> you can't I get Amazon. Get, I think with ninety million dollars, uh-huh. I, I could figure out a way to get out of North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would be. <laughs> the most, I would pay build, off guards and things. Yeah, pay off yeah. guards or just build some sort of big balloon that you can fly away in that's invisible, so they yeah. get shot and down and bulletproof. Well, this, that's that's why you need the ninety million. See, you can see that I'm not somebody who would just sit around and live in North Korea. No, your glass is half full. Yeah, that's you, right. you'd swim that your, river. I would be your the, gray hat is full of um, I would, stuff. Uh, white I would be, okay, ideas. you failed there. You, you failed there. It's okay. It was yeah, a good shot. It was a good try. Uh, she just ran out of batteries is what happened. I would be, <laughs> I would be the papillon of <laughs> North Korea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Any other stories there, Greg Ross? I think it's a terrible <laughs> idea. I think if you're, you know, it's a terrible idea. I, I'm, uh, not blaming, yes. I'm not blaming you. It wasn't your idea. You simply brought I, the story to us. I, I yes, I don't take offense. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my idea. And even if it were my idea, I think it, from the start I would have thought that's a stupid idea, and I'm kind of hesitant to <laughs> I think that's present an, it to everyone. To bring it up. Doesn't it just show that they don't know what to do? There's nothing they can do. There is nothing and, they and can they're, do. They're, that's, that's a sign of desperation. Hey, keep some of it. It's like if you steal the, everything in the store, you know, just give me back most of the shelves. And you can keep all the Gatorade. I don't know. If you steal everything out of a store. Doesn't make any sense. Well, moving on, They're big desperate. changes. If it's a big blue changes. Gatorade, it's fine. You don't like the blue <laughs> yeah. Gatorade? No. Why? Too many chemicals. Yeah. Well, there's several blue. You've yeah. got the light blue, the dark yeah. blue. Oh, right. One's cool. Called, there's like a purpley. Aren't there one One's called, cool blue. Uh-huh. And then the other is frost blue, I Can think. I tell you my experience with Gatorade, no matter what the flavor is, essentially it ends up tasting the same to me. Like salt. Salt? <laughs> yes. Hey, it's, it's lime like salt. Sort of a flavorful salt. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, yeah. you know, puts the electrolytes back in you. How about yeah. that? What you can actually do is just put a little baking soda and a little bit of salt in your water. Mm-hmm. And tasty. Yeah, it tastes it's like really crap. Horrible, though. Yeah, it yeah. tastes Life terrible. hack. Life yeah, thank you. Autumn's <laughs> life hack. If you want a more miserable life, that's what you should have, Autumn. Autumn's yeah. <laughs> miserable life hacks. How to make your life more miserable. Yeah, you don't have you to only get have... that <laughs> yeah. actually yeah. decent tasting drink. Just yeah, make it at home. That's right. Yeah, baking soda does it all. Yeah. Keeps your fridge fresh. It is miracle. Rehydrates. Wow. Brush your teeth with the baking yeah, soda. Sprinkle it in your hair instead of dry shampoo. Bicarbonate helps you burp. Add it to your shoes to remove stench. Yeah. Hey, if, you, if your stomach hurts, just light a fire and then eat the charcoal. That's good for you as well. Same thing. Is that... Make a paste with baking soda. <laughs> uh, children, don't do that at home. Whatever that, whatever <laughs> autumn, whatever that woman, I tell you. This, that uh... charcoal thing's real. That's yeah. a real thing. I mean, that's think about when you're, you're, whatever your stuff looks like after you uh, drink the um, Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what that is. Anal autumn. Yeah, there All right, go. we've heard enough from you. Enough of you. Keep ants out of your house by sprinkling baking soda. Paprika soda across, works better. Yeah, cinnamon. Across too. the front door, plain. I'm just saying, Blow paprika. cinnamon into your home every first of the month for abundance. <laughs> Snort baking soda when you run out of Coke. <laughs> it really is a miracle product. Put garlic between your toes and step in baking soda. <laughs> you got a hole in your tire? Plug it with, with baking, baking soda. soda. <laughs> well, you got to mix it with some water. vinegar make a yeah. volcano. <laughs> what? <laughs> Paint your walls with baking soda. What is it that you can't do with baking soda? Making your own sex toy. You need cornstarch. That's right. Make love. To and baking, baking soda. soda? No, just the cornstarch. You've never made love to baking soda? You haven't lived. Greg Russ, we got Dr. Joe up next. So I know. I think it's All time right. for you to shuffle. <laughs> shuffle away. We'll talk to you on Friday. I'm going to pop in tomorrow. I'll talk to him tomorrow. Oh, really? Very good. I look forward <laughs> to it. Okay, thanks. Anybody know how old is Beyonce these days? She's got to be in her 40s. She has a a new album, and uh, it might be tanking. She's 40 years old. New album, Renaissance. Do you have the new Beyonce record, Renaissance, Autumn Fisher? Um... I uh, have it. it. It's it's on order. It's coming to the okay, to my so local the answer's, turtles. The answer, <laughs> you can go pick it up at Turtles. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. a radio at check. Sam Goodies. <laughs> yeah. Sam uh, Goodies. <laughs> so yeah, it's called Renaissance, and it's down. The sales are down sixty percent from Lemonade in 2016. And what I'm thinking is uh, the the attention span of the American consumer between the ages of 15 and 35 or 40 right now i would say last minutes maybe weeks i don't know if you can take that many years between two albums and still be relevant but i think people thought well beyonce is so mount rushmore Mm -hmm. that it won't matter but listen you got to keep you got to she's no bts i'm not saying that that's what the market is saying because i guarantee if bts dropped a record autumn would have had it she would not wait for her wow. local Sam Goody's <laughs> CD warehouse to get it I'm in. I'm waiting for it. I'm on back order at Kmart. <laughs> she could have called it Beyonce the singer, and then it would have been BTS, and then people would have been confused and purchased it. <laughs> but there's a little scandal, too, that uh, apparently she used the word spaz in a song. Oh. So now she's apologized. Oh, They're going to take it out. And who's that? Diane Warren? Diane she's Warren. She finally was a, there's 24 songwriters credited on one of the songs. So she goes on Twitter and says, excuse me, as a songwriter, how is this even possible? And uh, the internet replied, you're a racist. Let's do this. 
Sparring with Dr. Joe. People pointed out that uh, you obviously don't understand samples. But even if you did, still, 24? How many samples are in one song? And, <laughs> and Diane Warren, don't be afraid to see what you see. Yes, when you see 24 songwriters on one song, what you're seeing is the artist in the middle does not have a lot to offer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just that simple. I mean, there are artists who are so- singers more than writers. Johnny Cash was like that. A lot of people are like that. But usually they have a, a few go-tos, right? couple songwriters they sit in the room with them they shape the song with them if you i don't care what anybody says if there are 24 writers credited to one song that means the artist in the middle does not have a lot of creativity it's just that simple it seems like a lot i agree it's a lot but i think that sometimes if you if you think about where the sample comes from it could come from like four songs removed where like yeah. pieces of it were slowed down and made into a second so song it would and be a great was... time to come up with something new i mean you could walk into the studio going hey guys everybody else including ourselves for the last 25 years have been doing this sample thing let's do something new barry manilow you didn't need 24 that's writers. right that's thank right, you man. dr joe he wrote the songs he wrote he didn't he did. write that Actually, song no he write the song. Uh, Mike <laughs> wrote, no who wrote that song i don't know who did but i know barry Dennis manilow wilson wrote it uh, write that song there you go Dennis, go, Tim. All right, uh, Dr. Joe, you are here to discuss uh, lifestyle. What is that term you always use? Health and well- wellness. wellness. The, love, the term you love so much, wellness, yes. Outside of you, I think it's a whole scam. But I'm not with one. you. Thank you. You I are that, the one yes. wellness health expert that, that you... I follow. Wow. So I've, uh, I, And by the way, don't call in with any kind of uh, ache or pain or... Rash. Pic- picture Not of your, that kind picture of I got boy. a rash on my so-so do you do that? because I was at the spa. <laughs> on your, what, what time is your show? On Seven to week? nine on Sunday nights, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you do that? Can people call in and go, Dr. Joe, oh, yeah, my, we, that's all the my time. big toe is my bleeding. Patella. Yeah. <laughs> my patella. <laughs> no, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the one of the novelties of the show. So uh, yeah. You know what's happened to me lately? With uh, You know what happened to me? I was, uh, <laughs> I was flying last week. Uh-huh. And when I got like a day after uh-huh. I got back, your arms were tired. For yes, yeah. hey! for two, for three straight days, uh, mm-hmm. my neck hurt like hell. You want to yes. know why? Tell me why. Because I am a gentleman. <laughs> because I don't ever put my seat back because I feel like uh-huh. I'm getting in somebody else's space. Yeah. And there was that little bit of area where I, my neck was not mm-hmm. was not supported. And for two hours each way, I, I, obviously the G's hit me in some kind of way. It hurt like hell. I'm, it hurt like hell for well, like three brain, days. Your brain is so much bigger than the average person's. That's Thank probably you. why that it caused more stress on the cervical cord. All right, George, you can rebook them. <laughs> I see uh, uh, this is bizarre to me uh, from live science. I don't know what Ooh. they are. Some sort Not of... dead science. Yes. Well, I think dead. live science is what brought us the uh, COVID thing, but I don't want to get into conspiracy uh, theories. Easy right. Don't play that game. I'm sorry. I apologize, Mr. Fauci. Cold, doctor. Cold <laughs> doctor. Cold sore virus may have gained prominence thanks to Bronze Age smooching. I hadn't thought about... <laughs> I hadn't thought wow. ever in my life about Bronze, bronze age, age style smooching. So the bronze, <laughs> bronze, bronze Age is Stonehenge. Is it? Is it what's That's Bronze Age? About right. Neolithic oh. is what's what, what Assyrians, comes first? Babylonians. So uh, they used to get together in neck, huh? They, well, had, they were romantic. Hey. Well, that's when they said <laughs> kissing may have started, actually. It wasn't a, a thing 
before that. What a dumb what? idea. I don't know who decided this. What a dumb idea. You ever make it out with somebody you just thought, this is really silly. I'm spilling <laughs> well, I know. mouth. Yeah. I was thinking about and... skeletons and like oh, the, yeah. the skull yeah. and what that looks like. Ooh, and then when you hit their teeth, you're like, ugh. Well, you obviously just don't enjoy the experience. Yeah. Even well, when you enjoying. Love, you love smashing your teeth together? Ow. Who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. That's, oh, I'm sorry. That's, so I, yeah, I, I yuck your yum. That's his thing. <laughs> You're the yum. You put the yum in my yuck. Don't worry. You know, rope was invented during the Bronze Age, which is weird, because don't you think of bronze as being like... Why well, wouldn't it be the meant? rope age? Rope? Yeah. All right. We're going down a little <laughs> bit of a rabbit hole here. We only have a half hour here. It's Come enough here to rabbit say Rabbit holes were invented during the Bronze Age. <laughs> they started... That's where people first kissed. In, in the rabbit, rabbit hole. <laughs> Abandoned rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we kissing have the like sex rabbit. toy that was named after... Would you like to know there the first go. written account of kissing passionately? Yeah. 1500 BC in Vedic, Vedic Sanskrit scup, uh, scriptures. All right, cool. so that's after it's been around a while because yeah. then you gotta then you gotta Someone write about it. Right. So what did they do in the Bronze Age? This is the first time they had uh, courting and suitors and such. Yeah, well they were and saying they would that go and uh, smooch for a while. They said that they can go into the teeth of the people from the Bronze Age, the mm-hmm. skeletons, and they can find like the the shells of the herpes virus in there. So they're saying that maybe that's when it started. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I can't imagine kissing back then. There were no toothbrushes. Oh, it didn't matter. Everybody was gross. Oh, it's if everybody's gross, gross it's, you know, it's like the base level is just okay. disgusting. If everybody eats garlic, my mother said that. If everybody yeah. eats garlic, then yeah. you can kiss the girl and it doesn't matter. Well, it's, it's like if you walk into a house and uh, they're making cabbage or something, for the first five minutes it stinks mm-hmm. to high heaven, but if you stick around after a while you don't notice. Nose that was blind. the world. Everybody was, you had to be nose blind until so, yeah. about 1930. <laughs> well, think about all the smoking. Oh, well, that's not in the Bronze Age. They no, smoking. I know, but you're we're talking about nose blindness. Yeah, Everybody smoked. Oh, I, I don't even remember it when Scales. I was a kid. Exactly. You Everybody smoked. My parents smoked in the car with the windows oh, with the, up. Yeah, uh-huh, no seatbelts. Uh, I hated that. Yeah. Huh? I hated I didn't that. notice back then. Even as a kid. I, yeah. I hate the smell yeah. of uh, cigarettes now, but as a kid, it, it was just Oof. all around me. I was born into it. Yeah. I think there was a cigarette in the womb <laughs> I was, before I came out. <laughs> The doctor recommended my, my mother's. My mother smoked so much that the womb smelled saturated. dangerously low on nicotine. Saturated yes. <laughs> with cigarette smoke. All right, Get that so, baby out. He needs a smoke. Yes. I've read about three different stories in the last, I would say, week or so about studies on Alzheimer's, 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 uh-huh. and uh, and how we get Alzheimer's. Yes, and when you. When you read these studies, you come away thinking, oh, they still don't really know a whole hell of a lot. Right. But they, maybe they're getting closer. Uh-huh. And the latest one is that a, uh, a one-two punch of common viruses, we're not talking about COVID here, I don't think, or maybe it could be one of them now, but common viruses. Yes. The one-two punch of common viruses could trigger Alzheimer's disease. Explain this to me. Yeah, so if you have uh, herpes simplex, which is a herpes virus, of course. Right. And then if is you that, have... Let me get the cold... Cold Hold sores, on. right. Let's, okay. I'm going to write these down. I'm okay. see which ones I... And I those came from the Bronze Age? The I, cold it, sores? It kind of ties into the other story, right? So, yeah. were, so, so we think that they were the first ones where somebody would show up. I wonder if they would put it together in the Bronze Age that like, if my wife and my best friend both show up with a sore on their lip on the same day, yeah. hmm. maybe there's something going on. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that... I guess they thought it was a coincidence. They it's didn't have the science. Totally coincidence. That's right. Now we have the science. So this one-two punch of common viruses, right. why would that 
what, what, what does that do that they think might set off the Alzheimer's journey? Well, if you have the herpes virus in your brain, yeah. and then yeah. you have the shingles virus come along, <gasps> yes, oh. ooh, it can cause inflammation, which then activates the herpes virus, which then can cause this, this chemical buildup of proteins in the brain, right. and that can cause the brain to start to short circuit, essentially. So it's the one virus being stimulated by the inflammation from the other virus that causes the protein buildup in the brain. Uh-huh. Now, do you, well, you read this little, not the study, you read the story about the study. Do you think there's study. anything to it, or do you think it's just more I think it's of more, just sort of, yeah. I feel like they're kind of like groping blindly, yeah, right, yeah. you know, in the dark. Oh, in right. the rabbit hole. Yeah, in the <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> groping yeah. in the rabbit hole. There you go. That's the title for the show and today. And this is where <laughs> the cold sores are coming from. Yes, exactly. So, so you have to have herpes in your brain? Yeah, well, her- then- once the herpes gets in your body, it gets into the nerves, and it can lay dormant forever, really. I mean, but something can stimulate it. What's uh, So do we all have it to yes. a certain degree? Yeah, we all have herpes. Have yes, we all have about 100. Oh. There's 100 different types or so of herpes viruses. We all have some. Autumn says she has none. She has I've not- never had a cold sore. I've never had a fever blister. Anal autumn? Yeah, only, <laughs> only issues there. That's it. <laughs> I used to get these really bad cold sores on my lips. Like my lips would crack all the way mm-hmm. down, and I didn't Oof. know what that was. Was that herpes? Probably herpes. And usually, you get it as a child from <laughs> kissing your parents. But that stuff parents. on your tongue. What's the the, the yeah? Th- those that, are uh, just yeah. Th- those aren't herpes. Okay. That's just an inflamed um, yeah taste of bud. Yeah. But usually, these bumps down here, Doug. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we have the camera. Can we show this to the audience here? <laughs> Send me a picture, Tim. All right. Yeah, so you usually get it from your parents, actually. It, it may not necessarily be from <laughs> really? adults. Really? Yes. Those dirty you. sluts. Your parents, yes, can your spread it. Your parents were sluts. <laughs> They're spreading it. Why would they kiss me and give me their herpes? Well, so you said, now you said everybody has some kind of herpes. There's over 100 different types of herpes viruses. So yes, the answer is yes. It's all in, in all of us. It depends which kind you have. And it's going to be an issue. And it can lay dormant for a long time. But even something mm. like eating peanuts oh. can cause herpes How did outbreaks. peanuts get dangerous? When I was a kid, <sighs> they were fine, everybody right? ate peanuts. Yes. Now, uh, how did that happen? Well, peanuts are high in something called arginine. And arginine can stimulate the herpes virus to become active and uh-huh. become, you know, present itself. So that's Round why a lot of people get herpes after going to the Braves games. Is that what happens? Yes, I get that <laughs> all the time. I went to the Braves game and two days later I got a herpes outbreak. And I said, well... No, it's it wasn't the, from all that activity in the bathroom. It could have been in the bathroom, that but could it could be the from, starting lineup. <laughs> this is right up your alley, Doctor Joe. I, I, this is a softball for you because I think you Appreciate totally that. agree with this stuff. Increased heart disease risk from red meat may stem from gut microbe response to digestion. Yes. I know that you believe everything revolves around the gut. Yes, I do. And the microbes mm-hmm. in the gut. Yes. And I don't even understand the microbes in my gut. Okay. I know there's a lot of them. I'll introduce you to them. They do an awful lot. <laughs> there's over 100 in there. It's but I long. do know, <laughs> it's interesting, the Zen people uh-huh, which we talk are about. always talking about the gut. Like, uh-huh. if your gut is happy, you're happy. Mm-hmm. If your gut isn't happy, you're unhappy. Now, that's generalized. Right. But at the bottom of it, you believe that a lot of health comes out of the gut. Very Absolutely. quickly. We're almost yes. done here, okay. but very yes. why? Got it. Because the gut produces, you absorb nutrients, you pass out waste products, the gut is directly connected to the brain by way of the vagus nerve, mm-hmm. and so if the gut is irritated, uh-huh. it sends messages up the vagus nerve, which affects the brain. Is that where Elvis has a residence? In the vagus nerve. The peanut butter, bacon, can I tell you something? Last night I was falling asleep on uh, Turner Classics, they had uh, This Is Elvis. Uh-huh. And he's like still pretty skinny, but doing, documentary? doing the Vegas. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's doing the Vegas show. But he's still relatively skinny, but he's got that stupid clown outfit on. That glassy look. I couldn't watch more than 10, 12 minutes of it. I just thought, well, how did this happen? 
how did this guy end up being just a complete caricature of himself? Yes. How did he allow that to happen? And I'm looking at him thinking, what is he, 36, 37? Yeah, right. It wasn't like he died 90. when he was 42, so yeah. this is like 1972. <laughs> How did he allow himself to become just... Colonel Tom? It was that Colonel Tom that with that uh, Austrian... Yeah, this is Colonel Tom Elvis. You go to take the drums. <laughs> Vegas residency. I'm sorry, but you brought up Vegas. And I, 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 went there. I tend to agree with you just in the simple sense that if my gut is happy, I'm happy. Yes. If my gut is unhappy, I'm unhappy. Yes. Uh, if people want to be happy with their guts and otherwise... They should listen to more Dr. Joe. How can Absolutely. they hear you? Absolutely. Sunday night, 7 to 9. Uh, we're live here. We do take callers. Again, I'm not as good as Eric. I, I, I hope you guys have to help me. On our website, drjoe.com, over 3,000 hours of podcasts. If you're a podcast junkie, go to your podcast service. Type in Dr. Joe for the health of it. So, if you want to make an appointment, you can do it right online, drjoe.com. Dr. Joe? Yes. You make my gut happy. <laughs> Is this where I speak? Is this the this talk? Is, is this the point where I come? Uh, that is that. You, are you producing this week? Talk. Is that your? Uh, yeah, you got a giveaway and a liner to read in the a, next hour. A direction. Yeah. We the floor. The, yes. Read the liner. Shouldn't you say speak? Speak. What, what is it you'd like me to do, Mr. Director Man? Read the liner. Hey, have you missed any of today's show? Don't worry. <laughs> Good boy. You can thank you. You can stream or download the full Doctrine podcast. On WSBRadio.com, the WSB Radio app, or any of your favorite podcast providers brought to you, as always, by our friends at Finley Roofing. My amazing doctrinaires. Am I supposed to continue talking? Please. My, my, there's a little possessive right there. My amazing. I. We all belong to you. I, I invented them. Ergo, They're the mine. shows belong to you. My amazing doctrinaires have podcasts as well. As whale? As about whale. As whale. Oh, my goodness. My, my amazing podcast. doctrinaires. Oh, my. I do I tell. I got the vapors. <laughs> my amazing doctrinaires have podcast as well. Feel free to check out new episodes of Radio Labyrinth. That's a good one. It's hosted by uh, this uh, Tim Andrews here. Well, you have a special guest this week. Well, the special guest is on the podcast. And that, oh, I get confused. Get it right. Uh, live interview on Saturday. So the Radio we, Labyrinth stinks. Don't bother with it. But the no, podcast. No, no, no. Ra- good, la- good Radio Labyrinth? Good Radio Labyrinth on tap for this week. But uh, Okay, the Radio Labyrinth, that's a pop culture pod, uh, podcast. Yes. And then you have the Popcast. Which is Atlanta-focused. Okay, and that is uh, hosted by Tim Andrews. That's me. Saturday evening, 7 p.m., right here at WSB right, Radio. Podcast released Monday. My guest this past week and on the podcast feeds this week is Dave Willis from Adult Swim, creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Squid Billies, and all. And your f- pretty face is going to well, hell. Well, that's awesome. You say that's 7 p.m. right here on 95.5 WS. It did air on Saturday at 7 p.m., yes. Oh, now it's up as a podcast. That's correct. All right. There's also... <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm completely confused. Well, he's got two shows. They're both pop culture oriented. They both end up being podcasts, but one of them's a radio show. Yeah. Got you. Put it and together. One's called a podcast. It is That's very, a po- very... It's sometimes a podcast. Mm. I talk about pop, like Gatorade and mm-hmm. RC Cola. Sodas. You know why Olin Fisher's confused? She can only do one topic at a time. That's because hey, the name of her help you podcast. Out with that. She's Thank with uh, Greg Russ, one yep. topic. And Jared Yamamoto is in Greece, but he does have the power pod. Hang on. He's remade the movie Grease? 
He has. Making you, uh, he is, as you're the one speak, that I want, honey. As we speak, you're the one that I want. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. It's English Nick with Kittle Pit. Oh, I've got chills. So, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> Grease lightning. Uh, Jared is going to multiply soon, I would imagine, because... Uh, he is going to multiply soon? I got chills and get... multiply. Oh, so I he's going to multiply soon because they're going to get married and there's going to be little uh, ones. The Jaredettes. <laughs> those two the have Yamamoto's. those two he have, needs to be a girl dad for they sure. i think so they they uh they they have twins written all over them those oh two. yes yeah and, and more than one set oh my god and you know what happens when you tell christina man your hands are full she's like hands full heart full am i right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that a little dig against i think uh, so because there's social media and autumn's not social media hands oh, is that full it? heart full when i hear that i say get out of my face I've, you know what? I'm not on social media, so I'm never exposed to that. It's not a social media It would thing, annoy me. Like... I cannot stand the hand-heart thing. That really... Oh, I get that's... that. Live band karaoke, sometimes people know who I am. They're and enjoying they my heart. backing vocals. They will do it for me. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, the problem <laughs> is, I, I like you because you like on. me, but I don't like you as much as I should because you gave me the heart hand Heart hands. That's the, me... that's the tough thing, is when somebody you like does it, you want to hate them, but you can't. You can't. <laughs> Just give me the devil horns. I don't like that either. Rock well, and roll. that's because you're getting older now. You're not young right. at heart the way English Nick is. My heart is and still he is, He's still it. ready to dance with the devil, this one. Old You've time. given all that up. You've yeah. got, you're a father yeah. now. Yes. This well, one's still, this, he's a quasi-dad. Yeah, give your yeah. son a haircut type of dad now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Let me tell you, getting that six-year-old to school this morning, the second day of first grade, mm. she was, at one point, I'm not going to school. Well, that's the way that not it is. Not going to school. Masks. Even to the no. point where we got in the car... Because <laughs> she was running late because she was being argumentative yeah, with her mum. And uh, so we was like, we're going to have to take the car. We can't walk because yeah. it is walking distance. Mm-hmm. And so we get to the point where me and Kristen are in the car. And Ayers is on the front stoop going, I'm not going to school. We're like, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to drive to school and tell your, your yeah. principal that you're not coming. We got to let him know. She's Never like, faced cool. her. She's Never, happy to sit not. on the front stoop. Well, because she did not enjoy her first day of school. This is what I'm guessing. <laughs> well, I'm not a fan. She was not well, a big fan I of day one. I think it was one. more about the fact that last night she wasn't behaving and Mumby sa- her mum said, she calls her mum Mumby, yeah. her mum said, no screen time for the rest of the week. No oh, so she's Ooh. taking it out on you. Listen, you don't it's give hard me- to trans- yeah. transition from summer activities oh, where yeah. it's like free for all, iPads, TV, mm. oh. all yeah. wasn't that. hard for me. I just looked at my dad's hand and said, I better get my ass to school. <laughs> Anyway, well, school was probably like a nice respite for you. Yes, so you're structure. right. Yes. You are right. Quasi dad is a good term. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're getting. Yeah. You got to get your feet uh, wet enjoying before it. you jump I'm in all it. the way. You know, I'm loving it. I really am. Just always remember this: it. when kids are being aggravating, mm-hmm. the best thing to do in your mind to keep to keep yourself calm and cool is to just say to yourself, "That's their job." Yeah, like it's like a carpenter. To push a carpenter buttons. is building. He's building a, a putting a new wall in. Okay, that's his job. A six-year-old. A six-year-old is trying to ruin my day. Why? Because that's their job. Yeah, they're, they're doing their job. I'm doing my job. Everything is as it should they be. They push as far as they can to see how far they can push, right? Yes, that's, what that's what I'm learning. Someone and then you feel guilty for being oh, pushed. I know. So oh. you can't. You have to just yeah. be like, you know what? <sighs> they did that, and this was my reaction. Yeah. And now they have learned that that's my reaction. I think my parents had, did not have that guilt. I feel like they just kind of told me what to do. And if I knew what was best... <laughs> I kind of did that. Sometimes she'll say to me, Mr. Nick, you're always bossing me around. Like, mm-hmm. it was part of my job. Yes. Just to boss well, you you're around. doing your job. You're trying to ruin our yeah. day. Yeah. You're not yeah, my quasi-dad. Boss- oh. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. That's the... <laughs> oh. 
Do you want to apologize to uh, the family over here, what you've done with that comment? I was just Tim making Andrews. a joke. She is yeah, my qual- well, I am her qual's like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You see, you brought sadness yeah. upon the face of English Nick. This doesn't happen very often. And, uh, I like what you did, Tim. And I think you were assuming because you rank higher in the doctrinaires wow. that you could get away with something like that. But I've got his joke. back. Would you like to apologize well, to funny. him first or the audience? I'd like to apologize to Mr. Nicholas for casting aspersions on his family orientation and the fact that he's actually helping to raise this six-year-old and not necessarily you know, mm. being the father, but actually acting the role as a father. And I apologize for that. I don't know if that's sincere because he did it with that fake British accent. Yeah, it was like a character. I'm with you. Yeah. More sincere. He well, is... Full of it. <laughs> it's you like have, when Tim I, and I would talk to you. Will you please hang out with me? Yeah, I'm 20. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. All right, now nobody knows what you're talking yeah, exactly. about. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, English well, yeah. Nick. Tootle Pip. Tootle Pip. You got a Tootle Pip story? Uh, all this talk of kids. Not I inside do. talk I, between lovers from 25 years ago? You know, that Taylor Swift, she's been uh, emitting a lot of music lately because she's gone back yeah. and re-recorded albums with yeah. the dude from The National and it's all yeah. much more touchy-feely in my opinion. I kind of yeah. I kind of got to say I like some of the new stuff she's released. Yeah, I've never, yeah, I don't care what she releases. But she's not I'm not really <laughs> interested in Taylor Swift at all and I always, I never say bad things about her because, uh, you know, those Swifties, oh, oh. my goodness, They'll come after you. Scratch your eyes out. Yeah, it turns out it's uh, it's not painful at all when they come after you. The but I hear it's a big thing with us. You don't want to get the Swifties upset. Yeah. But uh, she's a big one on uh, environment. The cultural, the environment. Like, mm. you got to do good stuff with the environment. So mm. I guess that makes it, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, but her private jet is on 170 trips since January. Now, everybody thought it was all her. Right. She even took a trip that was 36 minutes. Like, where's that yeah. get you? So she goes out there and says, hey, you need to change your mm-hmm. lifestyle for the climate. Mm. But meanwhile, she has been designated by one of these watchdog groups as the biggest celebrity polluter yes. in the world. Top 10 CO2 offenders yeah. among celebrities. She's at the top. She's, the She's at the top. And yes, yeah, so she took, she took a, uh, a plane for a 36-minute ride, which that's something you could do in a, in a passenger van or a limo. What I think is interesting, boxer Floyd Mayweather is in second place with 177 flights, not fights. Yeah. He hasn't fought in a long time, as far no, as I know. No, he's pretty much done with that. Yeah. But he's not done, pol- he's not done beating up the planet now, is he? He's got time on his hands. What's he's, he going to do? I like the fact that the Taylor Swift people come back and go, well, she, she lends her plane out. She lends out. it out. It's still the carbon produced by her plane. Yes. Are they paying their indulgences? That's Which all is that carbon matters. offsets? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do people know what indulgences are anymore? Do you know what they are, uh, English names? Well, she's indulging in this. So no, no. An for- indulgence oh. is uh, back in the day... Like the 1200s or 1300s? Right I don't before the Reformation, which is yeah. one of the reasons it caused that Yeah, Reformation. the Catholic Church, if you were a sinner, you could go and pay what they called indulgences, oh. and then they would kind of wave a wand over you. You could yeah. still get into heaven. And that's what this is. It, there's, there's no meaning to the first one, and there's no meaning to carbon offsets. They don't do anything to help the environment, but it makes the Taylor Swifts of the world feel like They're paying their indulgences, so now they can still go to climate heaven. Just hilarious. They entertain me in the morning. The whole team. They're great. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Sponsored by Hoffman Financial on 95.5 WSB. Nancy Pelosi has landed in Taiwan. Ni hao. (laughs) Is that Chinese? Yeah, that says hello. You, you, I can't understand you when you speak English. So, I, so uh, I guess the Chinese military did scramble um, 
some jets and did strafe the airspace right before she got there. So that one's deep and complicated. We'll get to that at the other I told her not at to the go. bottom of the hour. <laughs> well, you made a mistake, Biden, by publicly saying this maybe isn't a good time for her not to good go. Good idea. Get back here. We got pandemics uh, everywhere. He really said that. Yes. Of course. What has he said? He may not have, but somebody did. No, he did. He oh, said. He, he actually he's not said. the boss of me. Yeah, that's right. Is that's he still right. isolated on the rebound? Well, if you the rebound case of he's COVID. got rebound COVID. He's got. Re- he does. He has yeah, we rebound. just made it up. No joke, no joke, Nancy. No joke. No joke. I know. It's not joke. You have to tell me a joke. I know. I'm not kidding. I saw. I saw Nancy the other day. You had a great yellow power suit on. It looked great. Thank you. Why do all women in politics wear pantsuits? Why? Well, maybe because I guess all don't. That Kristen Cinema still. Got some life. She is an interesting dresser. Yeah, yes. she'll, she'll show up with the green hair. Very happy with the way she is and yeah. very expressive. But it seems like most people, they just like when women decide to become politicians, it's like, well, it's time to put on the pantsuit. A lot of the conservatives, though, they'll wear like real tight pants or a dress. Oh, is that why you're like going to the rally? Lauren Bobert or whatever her Prevert. name is. Prevert. I'm to rally. I've never been to a rally uh, in my life. I see what's going on with you. To How me- about a monster truck rally? I'll do that as long as there's a Republican. That I don't know. Yes, I would go. <laughs> Gobbledygook. Old Timmy tight pants. I love the monster trucks. Gravedigger. Gravedigger. John Rich. Yeah. John Rich. Number one son. Never heard it, but good for him. <laughs> you like big or rich? You like I big just more? like rich. Big is kind of yeah, big voted for Biden. A little bit of a hippie, huh? A little bit of a hippie. I like John Rich. <laughs> Bigs for Biden. <laughs> All right. So what else you got in your? Uh, I got this passenger. Hopper, your total pip hopper. Talking of flying into places, uh, there was a passenger flying from Bali into Northern Australia, and they were slapped with a almost nineteen hundred dollar fine because they had some McDonald's in their bag. You can't take meat into Australia. So they didn't declare it. Didn't properly. declare it. So the sniffer dog they- found it. Sniffer dog found a couple of McMuffins and a cheeseburger <laughs> or something. Now this, How this, hungry are you? This seems ridiculous. I think these people are forgetting, right? Not, I mean, yeah. Hey, or I you paid, just don't think about it. I like, I'm not for, bringing, yeah. you know, a steak from another country into Australia. But you do have to stop and declare. Yeah. And I guess, but I, I can't I, believe for a I've moment that people problem. are thinking that I spent this money on these McMuffins and I'm not going to lose it. You can get so it's a bit of a mistake. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand. I'll make Apparently, an example. they have eradicated foot and mouth disease. Foot and mouth's oh, a big deal. Tim. In Australia. Does Tim have foot and or mouth disease? He'll put his foot in his mouth. My sometimes. son had uh, hand, foot, and mouth, but that's a different thing. Well, goal. you added the hand as well. Well, for humans, it's hands. We don't have hooves. Oh. <laughs> really? So no, we have a hand. Well, hang on. the devil people, but... <laughs> no, your child does not have cloven hooves. <laughs> no, like it's just me, I guess. Little yeah. gill like this, yeah. trotting around. On well, his you know, there are no hooved animals in Australia that are indigenous to Australia. Well, now that sounds like something you heard on a podcast. It may nope, be that's right. Oh, because your kangaroos and stuff—they have like the the feet, right? They have like yeah, yeah. So any like goat or cow or anything sheep. that's yeah, horse. sheep, horse, keep going, pig. pig. What about that half man, half beast thing? What's Sater? that? Centaurs. The centaurs. Centaur. Yeah, they are not yeah. native. They're not uh, indigenous. No. They were no. they were they, they were, were brought in from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> they were created in a lab, but we want to get into that because I don't want to, you know, be one of those people, Joe Rogan types. But I believe I the centaur was uh, created in a lab. What about the minotaur? Uh, another lab. You know, it's interesting they eradicated. So the centaur is what? The centaur is uh, horseman. 
and and Minotaur is Bullman. Bullman. There you go. Collect the Bullman. Which one would you rather be? Cole. I'd rather be the centaur because you have human head and a horse. You know what? You know that the, the Australians did introduce a disease into the, the country years ago to kill off the rabbit population. What's Mi- that now? Myxomatosis. Myxomatosis. I had that. Now with myxomatosis, and I've seen this firsthand. I've seen this firsthand because the rabbits. Is that like a send up? Like a myxomatosis? Yeah. It's a send them up. Yeah. Coming up my burrow. No, they um the rabbits, their eyes would swell up, uh-huh. and swell shut. Yeah, and they would they would couldn't. I feel eat bad about eating them. Just kill them off. Guys, we've gone down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yes, we have. Oh. Yeah, we have. Literally, we've so, gone down a millimetosis. What was it called? A millimetosis. Mixomatosis. Mixomatosis. Oh, to make my dad so angry. He'd shoot a rabbit and find out it's got mixy. Oh, it's another mixy. Mixy for short. Yeah. Call it mixy. Mixy. And so, how do you it's know? Got the like you cut it open and it's no, no, like, you can see it because it's in it's in poor condition. The eyes yeah. are swollen shut. It's horrible. You don't want to eat it. Australia was overrun with so many rabbits back in the day that Hold there on. was no food left for the sheep. Hold on. Go on. I'm, you know, say that you don't learn something. I just learned about Australia and the rabbits and the sheep. Mix them up toasts. Uh, win two tickets to see Georgia Jam at Gas South Arena. They're not um, a band. It's the Georgia Jam. The Georgia yeah. Jam <laughs> at Gas South Arena on August 27th. Special guests include Jefferson Starship, Driving and Crying, Mother's Finest, and more. Be caller number 10. The 404-872-0750 tickets are on sale at AXS.com. Congratulations to Tim Rupard from Auburn, Georgia. Won two tickets to see the Georgia Jam at Gas South Arena on August 27th. Jefferson Starship will be there. Driving and Crying will be there. Mother's Finest and many more, including now... Tim Rupard and guest. <laughs> Tickets are on sale. <laughs> so if you see him, say hello for me. Tickets are on sale right now at axs.com. So as a uh, big story, Nancy Pelosi, they kept it kind of wishy-washy. She wouldn't say whether or not she's going to Taiwan. China's like, uh, you better not go to Taiwan because there's going to be, they said there'll be disastrous results. So we'll Uh-oh. see. I will tell you this, though. I this what? It really, along with what's going on in Ukraine and everything, but I think about, at this point, Pelosi had to go. Because publicly, China said, you can't go. And we would have looked weak if she had gone, okay, I won't go. And it would have sent a signal that uh, Taiwan, we don't care as much about Taiwan. And maybe a green light even for China to go into Taiwan. I don't know. So in the moment, she kind of had to do it. Otherwise, we would have looked weak. And before she got there, this Anthony Blinken, this is, just listen to what's being said here. So you have China saying there's going to be disastrous results if you allow the Speaker of the House to go to Taiwan. And then our response is, if the Speaker does decide to visit, and China tried. There's diplomacy. My point here is going to be about diplomacy. He knows she's going to Taiwan. So all that diplomatic, what's happening is diplomatic cores all around the globe are failing. Ours, theirs, NATO's, England's Russia's, Prime Minister, England, but just Serbia. The, I, I'm not even talking about leaders here. I'm no. talking about the diplomatic cores who are supposed to figure out a way to keep things stable. But in reality, what they've done 
is they have so many plates spinning on so many poles for so long that it's Byzantine now, what the protocols are supposed to be. And now different agendas and reasons that we did different are all crashing into each other. This is why we're having what's going on in Ukraine. You know, for instance, the very smart idea for the last 10 years, let's say in Europe, where for the last 10 years, if they're to be believed, they thought Putin was a threat. But at the same time, they decided to become completely dependent upon Putin for their energy. See, it doesn't seem like it's all very well thought out. On one hand, for 10 years, Europe is saying, this guy is a threat, and at the same time, in that decade, they are making themselves more and more dependent upon Putin for their energy. So now you end up in this weird situation where they're at war with him, but they still expect him to give them gas at a reasonable price, which should be laughable, right? But these different diplomatic cores, it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing kind of thing. So again, you get into this, we, should, we, need, to get, we need to get to something new. We've got to get out of this diplomatic core kind of speak. It's failing all over the world. And so there was a little bit more of it there. Anthony Blinken, when at the time of saying this, knew that Nancy Pelosi was going to go to Taiwan, but diplomatic speak says, well, if she decides to go, right there. We need a new world now where that nonsense goes away. We need, you know how it's like postmodernism? We need blunt yeah. After what's after postmodernism? Blunt. You know what? There's nothing left but to be blunt with one another and as transparent as possible about what we want out of each other. We had that for four years. The diplomatic. The, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little too. I'm not too blunt. I'm not saying reckless. <laughs> he should have said she's going to go. Right. Yeah. Because he knew she was going. Yeah. But he can't because the rules, but now there's so many rules to diplomatic processes and protocols that they're all running into each other. So here he is with his nonsense. If the speaker does decide to visit and China tries to um, create some kind of uh, crisis or otherwise escalate tensions, that would be entirely uh, on Beijing. Uh, We uh, are looking for for them in the event she decides to visit. Uh, to act responsibly uh, and not to engage in uh, in, in any escalation uh, going forward. Okay, that's what you expect. And uh, hey, uh, I'm not a big fan of China, but one thing I know for sure is China is not Anthony Blinken's child. And he just spoke yeah. to them as if, well, <laughs> we expect you to eat your peas and your vegetables and not cause a big problem. Well, okay, you're the parent, so I know what you're going to do if the child acts up. You're going to send them to the room. What did he just say there? Nothing. So what? So this is what we expect. Did he say anything about what we would do in response? If it's all there's so much BS with this diplomatic core that I my I maintain that it just doesn't work anymore. I mean, you again. This idiotic policy that we've had toward Taiwan for so long now, which is opaque. Okay, we tell China oh, we we abide by the one China rule. But they are our ally and will come to their defense. No, you're not crazy. If you look at that sentence on a piece of paper, it makes no sense. It makes no sense that you agree with Beijing in the one China policy. Let's break it down. That means you believe Taiwan is part of China. But our diplomatic setup for the last 40 years or so has been, 
on one hand, we agree with you, Beijing, that it's a one-China policy. But also, we consider Taiwan to be sovereign and we're their ally and we'll come protect them if you ever invade. You would be sane to look at those two sentences back to back on a piece of paper and go, these things don't fit together. But in the world where Blinken pretends he doesn't know if she's going to land there. If the speaker does decide to visit. Get what I'm saying? That may have worked. It's like a post-World War II setup. Uh But in the world that we live in now, where you could blink your eyes and in 30 years, Iran and who knows who else has nuclear weapons. I think it is a time for a new beginning, a new world. If I was president of the United States, which I never would be because I ain't giving up the gummies. But if I were the president of the United States, I would have large public talks about the most important and pressing issues on the globe and they would be going on all the time. You'd be and honest and upfront. They would be public. We would go, look, here's the deal. Nuclear weapons. There's too many of them. <laughs> and I, as President of the United States, I just don't think we can sit on this for the next 150 or 200 years. If we're going to keep on building these things, if we're going to keep on doing this, we are eventually going to end humanity. At some point, somebody's going to pull a trigger. So therefore, let's have a running, open meeting. We're always talking about it. We're always trying to get less, not more, of nuclear weapons. Taiwan. We have an awful lot of people like, yeah, she needs to go there. She needs to do it. Well, ask yourself this question. Are you willing to send your son or daughter or grandchild to fight for Taiwan? If the answer is no, we've got a problem because you shouldn't be supporting wars and war efforts that you're not willing to send your kin to fight. It's a new world. We need to get rid of this old diplomatic way of dealing with it because it's very post-World War II. I have more to say, but Autumn has a commercial to do, so I got to get out of the way. Get out of here. If you're a homeowner, then I want to ask you a question. If you found your dream home, would you sell your current home? Well, if your answer is yes, you should call Lindy Moore with the Empower Home Team from Keller Williams Realty First Atlanta. Selling your current home and finding and affording your dream home can be tricky in this market, and it's full of contingencies and hassles. And without Lindy, you could sell your current home for top dollar. But the question then is, where will you move? And that's why you should call Lindy Moore. She's an expert at finding listed and unlisted properties that no one else has, just like she did for Adam and Decatur and Wayne and Lisa and in Milton. (laughs) The best part is, is that Lindy will guarantee to sell your home at your agreed to price and time frame, or she'll buy it guaranteed in writing. Buying your dream home and selling your current home could start today by calling Lindy Moore with the Empower Home Team at 833-403-SOLD. That's 833-403-SOLD. Or visit lindyhasthebuyers.com. That's L-I-N-D-E, hasthebuyers.com. Don't get me wrong. I fully support Taiwan. I have friends from Taiwan. I believe in the Taiwanese dream. I like them a lot more than the system that's in China. But this diplomatic corps, I mean, if you were Xi Jinping, do you really believe that Americans are willing to fight you in Taiwan? 
Where's all that? These, these are abstract notions to everybody. Like, oh, we all know and we have to stand up. But you, listening right now, look around. Okay, you got a son. He's 19 years old. Are you willing? Because when the rubber hits the road, and that's what bluffs are all about, that's the problem with the diplomatic corps. We, we've stretched ourselves so thin all over. Think of some of these countries. I have a, uh, you have a one-year-old, just about, a little over one? Yeah, he's 14 oh, That's right. He's 14 Why do I forget? Months. Because he's on my birthday. Ooh, yeah. I should remember. Uh, you have a 14-month-old. I have a grandson who's about nine months old. So this is what, the, remember what the diplomatic corps has them on the hook for. So think to yourself. Let's run through these nations. Albania. You willing to fight? You're on the hook for it. Your son is. My grandson is. Are they in NATO? They're in NATO. NATO. Okay, Belgium. That sounds somewhat familiar, but uh, still. You going to go fight there? How about Bulgaria? <laughs> Canada? Okay, yes. I think most people would think Canada. Yeah, we're going to jump in. Croatia. You going to send your kids? They're on the hook for it. Czech Republic? Denmark? Estonia? France? Well, France. Okay. We fought with them before. Long-time friends. Germany? Same thing. Couple years. Greece, then. Hungary, Iceland, Italy makes sense. A lot of these are like, okay, we have uh, there's alliances that go back a long way. Lithuania, Latvia. If you have a 14 month old like Tim or a grandson who's eight or nine months old, this diplomatic corps, whose failure you can see all over Eastern Europe right now, have drawn up the papers and we've signed. You're on the hook. Or we're bluffing everywhere. Are we bluffing everywhere? Or are you willing to send your sons and daughters to fight for the freedom of Lithuania? Because nobody asked you, but you're on the hook. And that's why I say, when you look at this Taiwan situation, where basically China's going to do something... What we all hope is that it's some sort of diplomatic something that says they did something and it's really ineffectual. But we cannot keep going around the globe guaranteeing people that we will be there if they need us in a time of war. We just have to have some sort of new way of doing business. And there are countries we want to be closer to and countries that we want to try to thwart whatever it is that they're doing. There's no doubt about that. All I'm arguing is this post-World War II Henry Kissinger way of doing things, it's like the, well, a lot of plates spinning on poles and plates are crashing all over the place. This weird thing that we've had with Taiwan for the longest time where we do and don't recognize their sovereignty at the same time well sooner or later if push comes to shove and the rubber has to meet the road there's going to be a problem are we bluffing with taiwan or are you willing to send your sons and daughters to die there because that's what these agreements say that you are willing to do so do you blame someone like xi jinping Looking at us, bogged down in Eastern Europe, which is ridiculous. We shouldn't be bogged down in Eastern Europe, but we are, thanks to the diplomatic corps. Can you blame him for thinking, I don't think people in the Midwest are going to support for very long their sons and daughters dying in Taiwan.
Now, maybe you are. We have a shortage, by the way, in the military. They can't get new recruits. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. Everybody between the ages of 17 and 25 is busy being the next big influencer, and you cannot recruit people. Every branch. While we are being put on the hook, that's another thing. By the diplomatic corps, every single branch of the military is not meeting the recruitment numbers that they, the goals that they have made for themselves. Because less and less of us are willing to join the military, the voluntary force. Well, when you're on the hook all over the world and then uh, the S hits the fan and you don't have enough volunteers, what happens? Draft. Conscription. So this might be something you want to look at. My only argument is not that we don't have to stand for something and that we have to have allies and we have, there are those, there are going to be nations and leaders that we want to thwart what their ideas are. This old style of diplomacy is out of date and it is failing everywhere, all over the world. And we better start thinking about this. This whole, it's all about, okay, tape this together, put some gum over there. <laughs> What's going to happen is dominoes are going to fall and everything's going to collapse. So you get yourself bogged down in Eastern Europe and then Xi Jinping thinks, oh, now's the time. Now's the time to go get Taiwan because they're involved in some ridiculous nonsense over there. Yeah, we're going to fight everybody everywhere with a volunteer army made up of 1% of the citizens of the country at a time when no branch of the military can actually meet their recruitment goals. It kind of reminds me of like on the economic side where we'll just keep printing money forever, go $30 trillion in debt, and we'll never, ever, ever, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> no bread on the shelves. How did that happen? Well, it didn't happen overnight. Putin. We need friends. We need allies. We need to thwart bad guys. But this diplomacy that we have and this diplomatic core is out of date and needs to be replaced with some new thinking and some new strategies and new ways of dealing with other countries. I call it the blunt era. We are done. And yes, you can you can get high during the blunt era and sweet. The gummy era. I'm trying to bring the hippies in with me. Hey, she hit this. Be back tomorrow morning. No uh no uh podcast, podcast 30. Yeah, I knew what it was. I know what it was. Did you? I kind of did. I think you forgot. No podcast 30. Back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. You're all invited to join us for another big radio show. But until then, continue on your journey. Do not piss off the genie. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.